the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Welcome to another Five Stripe Weekly episode, and yes, it is a uh, a new season upon us, a new kit as well. The secondary kit was unveiled, and uh, yeah, there was the last preseason match as well, but let's get into that new kit. It's called the Forest Kit, or the City in the Forest, and uh, yeah, definitely interesting. You know, some mint, some green... Uh, definitely something that is a bit different, a bit of a departure from what we've had before. And, uh, yeah, you know, there's like this, uh, kind of geometric shape that's on the kit. Uh, and then the, uh, the shorts themselves are white and then kind of that mint green for the sock. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Um, overall, it's not bad. Um, I like it. Uh, I wouldn't say I love it necessarily. Um, it's a kid I may get in the future. You know, I mean, personally, I don't buy most kits uh, when they first come out. Um, that's just kind of a personal choice thing. I did buy the Unity kit. Uh, I did like that one because, you know, but like it was different enough from what we've gotten before. Um, in this case, you know, I was you know I was always excited about the the colorway, um, and uh, I guess because it's it, it's funny. Like at this point, I feel like the uh, the controversies, you know, it, it comes with the tradition every kit launch, you know, and so uh, a lot of conversations online about it. I think uh, this year we even got a think piece or two, you know. It's, it's fine. It's all good. Um, most of those people are going to end up buying a kid anyway, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I think that would have been, you know, so they went with the the forest uh, kit name, obviously, and the uh, city in the forest nickname played that up a lot. Um, talked about the sustainability sustainability angle and um, you know using recycled materials, which is genuinely like cool. Uh, um, no shade about that whatsoever. I think uh, in terms of the forest, you know, if they had uh, done some foliage or you know some trees or something, some sort of distinct pattern, um, I think that that would have been cool. Because um, I thought they were going to go with a solid color. Uh, now, of course, uh, across the league, there seems to be a, a sort of blue mint trend, and so like Austin has a kind of mint, solid mint kit as it is and uh so maybe that was taken into consideration as well so um yeah overall i mean like i think it's a decent kit you know i like i said i may get in the future i'm probably good on kits for now but um yeah not the best effort not the worst yeah and it's that yeah the uh the sustainability part is awesome uh you know the two-year lead-up for most of the kits in mls you know you can tell like with the rollout that they put out there like the effort that is completely uh you know that goes into this and so it's definitely absolutely commendable you know the piedmont park uh, event looked amazing and uh looked like a mini mm-hmm. music midtown of sorts 
and so definitely, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, pats on the back for the, the uh, marketing team, for the team for, uh, you know, putting that all together. Now, how Mint comes into play for the uh, actual city of Atlanta and uh, greenery it's like are we you know do we have a whole bunch of mint trees like uh, what's a what does this have to do with so yeah sure uh you know city of the forest all that uh but you know if we're gonna go with like maybe say um what's the i I forget the the tree that's like most common in uh georgia you know Maybe it's pine. Maybe it's it's one of those. I, I can't remember. But I mean, I feel like it's pine trees, right? Right. Off the top of my head, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. And so, you know, there's definitely a level of something that, uh, you know, maybe it's that, like a pine green or something. Okay. Yeah, that, that actually kind of, um, I think, is a little bit more poignant. But, uh, you know, either way, um, I like the kit itself. I, I, I will say I like the kid itself the shorts uh, yeah I, I yeah. what <laughs> but I get it, it totally it's great. gotta be a little bit of a contrast uh, it's maybe like the uh, the strawberry and concrete one that was from 2017 where yeah they wore the white kits with that or you know white shorts with that kit uh, only because uh, if it uh, you know clashed with uh, another clubs, uh, you know, on the field, then okay, you know, you have your chain shorts too, and the strawberry and concrete with the strawberry shorts, I think looked a lot better, and so hopefully we have a chain short with the mint color, that that would be a lot, I think, uh, a lot nicer, a lot more interesting, but either way, uh, yeah, you know, there's definitely some uh, some level of uh, I think they need to be able to spruce it up just slightly on occasion. But, um, yeah, so moving on from that, though, uh, yeah, there will be some, uh, a little bit of a, a forest kit tour uh, that will go throughout the city and the state. So that'll be fun. Uh, so they can check out uh, at Pullman Yard, at uh, Plaza Fiesta, Good old Plaza Fiesta. Well, I will say, um, in terms of uh, the mint uh, collection, I guess this is going to be, um, yeah. you know, like the hoodies that they've been wearing, I think, uh, on their travel days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would buy that hoodie for sure. Uh, so, yeah. um, like, I still I like that color overall. I, um, you know, you know, depending on what gear they uh, roll it out with, I might get something uh, from that collection. So, yeah, exactly. It's a there's some good things to like about it for sure. It's a uh, you know, um, it's one of those things where that's why, like the, uh, the parley kits, some of the other ones that are uh, kind of a little bit a different color, but still LA United colors or maybe the logo and other stuff like that. Um, you know, people mm-hmm. like just gobble that up because yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you can only have so many red and black and gold things. Uh, I mean, yes, we love exactly. these colors, but I mean, I'm I'm starting to yeah like only have those colors in my uh, in my wardrobe, and <laughs> like we're both wearing red shirts right now. It's uh like <laughs> we can only have so yeah, much, exactly. much red too. Like it's 
definitely, yeah. Uh, I already and have way too much. And like, and you and I don't necessarily go out and buy every kit, right? And yeah. that's you know, but it's like it seems one of the things that I find interesting about this um, so-called controversy is that it seems almost that it's a near consensus that the the favorite kits among the fan base are the OG kits and maybe the white and gold, which to me are the most basic kits like i you know like they're they're fine like i get like okay for an og kit you don't go too crazy you just go with the basic colors way like this is what we're about like this is gonna be our you know basis but i don't necessarily want to see that like every you know time after time right like so i don't mind the change up in the designs that we're trying something different you know i do think there's a credit for that especially when like at the end of the day adidas is the kit sponsor for the league it's not like that for other leagues you know like so we we're we're one of two clubs who have a third kit like I don't know. I think uh, United, all, all things considered, have it better than most of the other teams, at least in MLS. Right, indeed. And so, yeah, with the people, the same people that complained about uh, the you know mint kit or the force kit, about what does this have to do with our colors? Uh, and then, yeah, they didn't complain about our third kit that looked like bacon. So, yeah, yeah. like what? What? Where's the consistency? You know, so. Uh, anyway, right. moving right. on, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, we had our last preseason match. It was against the Birmingham Legion. And, uh, yeah, all in all, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, there was a little bit of uh, some luck involved, uh, that first goal. Good pressure by Luis Araruju, but, uh, yeah. And so the back pass by the Birmingham Legion defender just goes straight into the goal. But, um, you know, catches the, the keeper by surprise. Good pressure from Araruju, like I said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, 4-0 scoreline at the end of the day. Uh, maybe flatters us a little bit uh, in the sense that uh, the Legion uh, definitely just started their preseason. And then, you know, we had a pair of 3-0 losses, uh, you know, last uh, Sunday. And so you have, I think, the balance. You have... A team that yeah. uh, is pretty much getting their fitness underneath them. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, what there is to maybe pull out from this is that, uh, you know, that, that goal uh, by Jose Martinez where he finishes with his left foot, uh, you know, at the bottom left corner like that. That was a very, very mm-hmm. well played goal there. Uh, Sadich to Hosetu, mm-hmm. Hosetu with a back heel, and Jose Martinez is able to put that in. Uh, Jose Martinez with a brace, very, very encouraging. Uh, you know, because you know when Jose Martinez he sees that back of that net bulge, that uh, you know it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a little bit trouble for the opposition for sure. And uh, you know, also. Right. Ronald Hernandez uh, getting on the score sheet mm-hmm. as well uh, from right back. Also, I mean, I think where he was in that uh, wasn't from a right back position, but he is definitely uh, a guy that has uh, an eye for goal when he's, uh, you know, uh, getting there. And uh, yeah, you know, definitely uh, the two assists, whether they're hockey assists or not, 
uh, for Amar Sadich. Uh, definitely that bodes well for his confidence too. Someone that uh, seems like a little bit on the periphery, okay. but uh, you know could be in line to start the first match against Sporting KC over this next coming weekend. But uh, yeah, what, what are your takeaways right. from the preseason match? Um, I don't know if I have too many takeaways from the match itself, uh, just for the reasons you stated, right? Like, it's, uh, I think Birmingham Legion in that sense are kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of competition uh, versus uh, Chivas and, um, and yeah, the I forget the other team that we played. But, you know, those teams were... Uh, in the midst of the middle of their season already so in terms of fitness they were ahead of LA United and um, and then I think Chivas probably is a better team than LA United anyway so um, you know that was always going to be tough um, I think uh, yeah so in that sense like it is a confidence booster um, I don't know if I would read too much into uh, the scoreline and um, but you know in terms of uh, with that being the final preseason match I think you can like kind of look at the preseason as, as a whole um, you know maybe maybe not like what did you learn from what, what can you take away from it right like who played a lot who looked pretty solid um, I think you could say Joseph uh, looks pretty solid looks ready to start day one um, and looks to have his legs more under him than last year which we you know we always knew that it would be like that um, and I think it's good to see I guess uh, sort of this trajectory um, in that sense um, so, you know coming back from the ACL injury of course uh, Ruju you know looks yeah. I think he's, you know, he looks like going to hit the ground running, and he seems like the kind of player that his form can, uh, his good form can lead to a lot of uh, positive results. Like, he could be a game changer for us in that regard. Um, and, you know, as I've said, and others have said as well, that, you know, with him, with a full preseason under his belt, and, you know, him having, uh, you know, knowing the league a little better now, I don't know, I mean, like, I think he could even be an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about this too. He, he almost reminds me of Vela in the sense of a player, first of all, left-footed, right? Uh, and then, you know, a player coming from Europe, uh, you know, he has that pedigree about him. He has that level about him, right? right. Like, you can just, not just in the goals and assists, but his touches, you know? It's like, yeah. it's just, you can tell he's almost, he's not too good for the league, but he's almost there. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to see his form uh, this season and see what he brings to the table. Um, that's a God, really, really good point. Decent. Yeah. The, uh, let's yeah. stick on that real quick. I mean, because uh, uh, obviously, yeah, being an Arsenal fan, I know Carlos Vela really, really well in the sense of like, yeah, he, uh, I would say Luis Adarujo has more of a pedigree than Carlos Vela in some respects in terms of at least winning uh you know mm -hmm. because them uh you know like the club that he came from winning uh the uber eats uh league uh i mean it's definitely that's <laughs> i know it's just the, the fact that i have to say that is like ridiculous but uh <laughs> right but it is yeah like vela uh like he never like tore up europe but he was always you know a solid Kind of like a guy that was in in betweener, like a you know could uh, start for some teams uh, in La Liga, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, in Araujo, yeah, kind of that in betweener as well a bit. But uh, I would say, yeah, right. it's like a really astute observation. I feel like, but uh, Araujo has a slight <laughs> pedigree. So in that sense, I think you're right. 
Like he could absolutely, you know, be an MVP candidate. Uh, I don't know about maybe a Golden Boot winner, but uh, definitely, you right. know, if he can. Oh my God! Like him and Joseph. Ooh. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I don't. Yeah. Like I don't think he's selfish enough to be a Golden Boot winner. I, I don't think that's his style, right? Like I think he's a high goals and assists player. Like right. the other comp I was thinking of, more specifically for Atlanta United. Um, and I'm sure you agree. Like we've never really found a Tito replacement, specifically yeah. Tito 2017. You know, sure. double digit goals and assists. I mean, like yeah. that is—that's a really valuable player, and a player that uh, can take people on one-on-one. You know, yeah. like I think we have that in Arushu. You know, and I'm hoping that we see more of that because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just I think he could be such a difference maker for us. Right, and plus his work rate is uh, better than anyone that we've actually uh, said so far. So, um, yeah, you know, definitely is. Uh, I think yeah. we've completely talked up Araruju in this, and hopefully he has a really good season. But, uh, <laughs> right, but, right. Hopefully yeah. it's not a in our face. Oh, <laughs> my God. clip this and uh, repost this if, if we're wrong. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So there was, uh, in terms of the lineup, uh, pretty different from what we would probably expect. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, there were a bunch of guys that uh, we're missing uh, so yeah, you know you have Tiago Almeida or Almada and Santiago Sosa and Franco Ibarra. They're all finalizing their visas from Argentina, and uh, it's kind of uncertain how long it's going to take. Uh, you also have uh, Alan Franco, uh, who will be suspended for the first match uh, due to that uh, that red card in the last match of uh, 2021. Uh, and then also Jackson Conway. So both of them played with the twos uh, on Saturday. And then, yeah, you also have, uh, you know, just uh, like Moreno and Lennon. They're still returning from injury. So, you know, you have kind of a makeshift squad that played this match and probably may start the Sporting KC match. So definitely something uh, almost of a preview to see how uh, the chemistry really aligns together for LA United. But uh, now, you know, 4-0 uh, to end the preseason, I think is a good little like confidence booster, uh, you know, and going into the season against always a really tough side in Sporting KC. But uh, moving on from that, uh, so... Dom Dwyer, who also played this match up top with Jose Martinez, which, uh, you know, uh, is definitely a bit strange, uh, but uh, definitely happened. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's something that uh, Gonzalo Pineda has pretty much mentioned that he's very likely to be signed uh, very, very soon. And so LA United, uh, yeah, you know, probably technically this week, uh, if it were, uh, I would imagine anyway, it would be this week because uh, the season's starting, but... Uh, you know, Kubo Torres, that kind of role essentially would be what he would be on, kind of the league minimum, kind of mentor role, uh, maybe for the younger players, whether it be other forwards or, uh, you know, just other players on the team. But, uh, you know, I guess we could do worse in that, uh, you know, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think at this point, yeah, you know, you just take uh, at least a goal. And you'll be better than what we were doing in that same <laughs> <laughs> roster slot. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's no yeah, shade towards Kubotor. Uh, but just, yeah. 
It's uh yeah, I know, right? No, seriously. But it, it's peak MLS that uh, this uh, mentorship role, um, you know, league minimum that doesn't count against the salary budget is a thing. I didn't realize it. I didn't see the not counting against the salary budget thing. I mean, like, that's actually, that's a cool little mechanism for, like, oh, a yeah. United to use. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, hey, you want to do this mentorship role thing for us and use it as a way to get back into football, you know? Like, right. And uh, and to Dom Dwyer, who, you know, he's had his struggles, right? And then, so, of course, like, we uh, had our comments and you take banter about Kubo Torres in the past. But I think, ultimately, what we can admit is that we never really wanted Kubo. Nobody expected Kubo Torres to play as much as he did. And it was a combination of factors as to why that was the case. Um, hopefully this time around, there's, you know, more of a plan to avoid that. You know, we're going to talk about uh, another player that we were linked to that's rumored that we that would help alleviate that. But, uh, and then you figure we and Conway, um, I mean, you know, he's been part of the first team for the last season and a half at least. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I guess it's, you know, maybe it's time to expect more minutes from him as well. But in any case, uh, I guess having more competition uh, in terms of uh, backup to Joseph, uh, I think is probably the most prudent thing. And Dom Dwyer is like, we learned that Kubo Torres is done. It, like, it just is what it is. I don't think yeah. Dom Dwyer is quite done. Yeah, at the you MLS know? level so, like, anyway. Yeah. I think, ex exactly, exactly. Right. So, you know, like, it's just one of those things where, like, if he can, it, it, yeah, of course, anything we get from him is a bonus. But, you know, you know, if he's able to um, play 30 minutes here, 60 minutes here, that's 30 or 60 minutes that, and be decent, right? Not, not even necessarily a goal scorer, but just be a decent team player. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's 30 or 60 minutes that Joseph doesn't have to play. So, right. uh, yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not really against it, you know, like, even with his uh, Orlando ties in the past. I mean, like, good players have unfortunately played for Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know if uh, I I I I hope this version of Dom Dwyer uh, is at least uh, somewhat competent, uh, you know, to be able to be, be that. And uh, I think that's that thing is Dom Dwyer. He's been it's been tough for him to uh, you know kind of get back to his form. So uh, hopefully we yeah. get some sort of uh, good version of Dom Dwyer, but. Um, but either way, moving on from that, Luca Martinez Depuy, according to Cesar Luis Merlo, is pretty close uh, to signing for LA United, and uh, yeah, it's nearly done, and we will see when that's actually going to be the case. I would imagine probably sometime this week is when he might be announced with a little bit of a cryptic tweet by Darren Eels. Uh, so we shall see, but uh, definitely a Ford, uh, as we talked about in previous episodes, uh, that could help, uh, you know, kind of uh, alleviate having to rely on Jose Martinez for, you know, more than 40 matches or something like that. That would be probably a little too much for Jose Martinez's, uh, you know, knee. But uh, also, uh, you know, moving on from that. Uh, there was an article in the, uh, let's see, what is it, how does it say, reporternewspapers.net. 
It is uh, definitely a weird one. But uh, yeah, Caleb Wiley, uh, <laughs> our newest homegrown, he uh, yeah gave a little interview. And uh, yeah, he talked about a numerous amount of things, uh, you know, kind of being, um, you know, the new guy on the block. Uh, also coming up as kind of a, you know, not only the academy player, but as an Atlanta United fan and, uh, you know, kind of pretty much uh, seeing the team win. He wasn't part of the team and he has said that he wants to experience that as a player and, uh, you know. That's exactly what we want to hear, I think. But, uh, yeah, there's also yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he said, being the youngest player on the field used to intimidate him because he was, and uh, in terms of for LA United 2, the youngest player to ever play for them. Uh, but he said uh, that's no longer, and he said, quote, age is just a number. Now I just go out and do my thing. So, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a player that uh, will be, Kind of more uh, third in line in that, uh, probably, for LA United at left back. But it will be very interesting to see what he will be able to do. Uh, now, uh, last bit of news is that uh, the Bally Sports uh, TV crew of Kevin Egan, Moa Du, and Jillian Sakovitz will return for the 2022 season. So that's great to see. Kevin Egan's been uh, getting his WWE on, and that's uh, been quite amazing to see a little bit, man. He's, like, really spreading his wings yeah. now. Like, uh, there's <laughs> not always been a correlation between WWE and uh, LA United, but uh, Kevin Egan is now mainly that guy that uh, is the connective tissue. I mean, really kind of <laughs> awesome. Like, really didn't expect... It would be Kevin Egan, but uh, dude's killing it. So either way, just want to give him a shout out because uh, growing up, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I liked me some uh, some wrestling. So it was definitely, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's definitely interesting to see him uh, kind of do that. Who's my what? Who's my favorite wrestler? Yeah. Oh, that's a really hard hard question, man. Um, I think I have to go by arrows, man. And uh, without this uh, being a WWE show for too long, um, I'll say uh, I liked I liked Shawn Michaels and the Super Kick uh, a lot. Yeah. That was super fun because I could see myself being like, a, you know, it's the underdog, it's the you know the sweet chin music. It definitely had like mm -hmm. some sort of uh, resonation to me. Uh, also, be being like a musician uh, growing up, it's like, yeah, you know, there's definitely, I think, a little long bit of that. Hair. Yeah, long, yeah, I don't have, I never had long hair, but still, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I like, like me some rock, of course, uh, Stone yeah. Cold. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, I like the high flyers too, like Hardy Boys. Oh, man. Yeah. Those guys with those stunts. Ridiculous. Uh -huh. Just. The yeah, Dudley boys, hilarious. Yes, I loved every part of that. <laughs> Speaking on that, I, my favorite finishing move, always like the most thrilling. Uh, I don't know if he was my favorite wrestler or anything, but it was definitely like I was always in awe. Billy Kidman with the shooting star press. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's man. a deep cut. That's a deep cut. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like the the basically he, he would go like backwards and then like land on his like almost head and his back on someone's chest and it's just like he, how he didn't like just hurt himself terribly 
every single time yeah. is a wonder. Seriously. Either way, uh, yeah, excursion from uh, LA United done <laughs> on to <laughs> onto the match preview for this Sunday. <laughs> It's against Sporting KC. It's 3 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, yeah, it's like one of the super rare ones, uh, maybe since like 2017, that we've had That's the first match. Like. Yeah, at you know in Atlanta. So it's like, yo, like we we know it's gonna it's gonna be a blowout. Uh, it's gonna be not not in terms of like the scoreline, but in terms of like how many people are gonna show up. Uh, <laughs> And that's right. the hope, anyway. Uh, and hopefully, you know, all the uh, the protocols are under control and all that. But, um, yeah. yeah, speaking on Sporting KC, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Peter Vermes, the, their head coach, 13 years underneath uh, this man who uh, definitely, um, yeah, one of the best coaches in the league for sure. Uh, or 14 mm-hmm. years. Uh, that's going into year 14, of, of course. But uh, yeah, they uh, yeah have lost some uh, some key players a bit, uh, and you know one of them is Illy Sanchez. Uh, he's one of their longtime midfielders. Uh, now, also Jalen Lindsay, uh, yeah, homegrown right back, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he uh, has moved on too to Charlotte FC. But uh, yeah, they have brought in a couple of uh, key players, Logan Ndembe uh, and Robert Voloder, and also Nikola Vujnovic. And uh, yeah, so definitely they have uh, kind of uh, kind of replenished the coffers a little bit with, uh, especially with Vujnovic, uh, the DP forward uh, of Alan Puido, uh, probably out for the whole year. So definitely, uh, you know, they need. Uh, some sort of, uh, you know, a guy that can actually do the job for them up top. And uh, it might be uh, might be Shelton for them. We'll see. We'll see. But the uh, the predictions are very interesting for this squad. <laughs> they, uh, they've gone from, uh, in terms of, uh, for MLS writers, they've gone as high as second and as low as 10th, which is like, yeah. what? I mean, that's, uh, you know... <laughs> I think that that speaks on you know I think unfortunately Alan Polito uh, being likely out for them for the whole year and so it just makes it uh, kind of hard to predict where they're going to be. Yeah, um, they might be just that kind of uh, up and down roller coaster team uh, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we'll definitely see, but uh, yeah, I mean they have a really like pretty decent roster it's just uh yeah you know it's it's the whole mls thing you know you might have to unfortunately you might be a little top heavy and um you know so it'll be very interesting to see how they will go about it um but uh for atlanta united of course uh with us yeah we have uh yeah you know we brought in some uh some players uh in, Mainly in uh, Tiago Almeida that uh, or Amada that will be uh, you know tasked with uh, a lot of the the chance creation. Luis Araujo, as we mentioned before, uh, a guy that we will uh, you know hopefully be able to rely on on a consistent basis. Uh, obviously, we lost Ezekiel Barco uh, to River Plate uh, and George Bello to Armenia Bellefeld. 
and then uh yeah of course anton walks to charlotte fc so you know um there are definitely there's talent that has left but uh you know ozzy alonso coming in uh that veteran defensive midfielder definitely will uh i think help uh not only santiago sosa but franco ibarra as well uh, to be able to, you know, get them a little bit more kind of uh, kind of that wily veteran experience that, uh, you know, they can really glean from. And then also Andrew Gutman, who, uh, yeah, returns on loan from New York Red Bulls to BR pretty much out and out left back. And so definitely some, uh, some new faces, but also, uh, you know, that I think really could contribute to a really strong 2022 season now uh you know real quick if there was maybe one player of the new guys that have come in that uh you think would be you know might make the biggest impact maybe not say statistically but like biggest impact so almada alonzo gutman who would that be Um, so I'm not sure. I think Almado will be interesting, right? Because, like, obviously he comes in with that biggest profile. But I am curious as to how the team goes about this and whether, you know, they try to bring him in slowly uh, and maybe go a different approach from Ezekiel Barco. Now, as you've pointed out, it's not the exact same comparison. So, you know, maybe his transition will be a little more seamless in that regard. But if it isn't, right, I think just I think Atlanta you know, would be smart to allow themselves, um, you know, not not basically put pressure on themselves to play Almada, right? Like if he's got to come out of the lineup, um, you know, if he's like not necessarily ready to make a contribution right away or, uh, or he needs rest or what have you. You. Uh, I mean, like, look, at, at the end of 2018, on the way to winning a championship, Barco was coming off the bench, right? So that may, yeah. that could happen. Um, I think uh, Gutman has a good chance to be a regular starter for us. Um, and, and he was a solid player for Red Bulls last year. Um, and I think Red Bulls defenders in general tend to be solid. So... Um, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, replacing Bello is, is kind of a big shoe to fill. Um, and so I think it's that kind of thing where Goodman could just end up holding down the position for the most part. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I know I put you on the spot there. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> me personally, yeah, I think uh, Goodman has that, that, uh, that shot of being, you know, a player that, well, I mean, in terms of, you know, direct uh, kind of competition. He's got Mikey Ambrose and Caleb Wiley, you know, behind him. That's essentially, yeah, it'll, uh, it's his to lose, really. I mean, he uh, he is the guy that, uh, you know, I think uh, will be the out-and-out starter. He, uh, you know, offers something different from George Bellow, uh, a little bit more uh, even, like, you know, back-to-goal, a little bit more... Um, possibly even more direct at times where he's got an eye for goal and so uh you know a guy that's uh yeah definitely just a little bit more um in terms of maybe finished product per se uh out there so you know it'll be uh very interesting to see what andrew Gutman can do but 
getting into Sunday then. You know, uh, it will be at the Benz. Uh, it likely will be sold out. It will be a great atmosphere. And uh, for all the 17s that have been starved for LA United football or soccer uh, this offseason, it will be very, very great to get out there again. Now, who will be the starting 11? That's what we will try to predict here. Uh, and getting through the lines together, of course, Guzan, our captain, of course, is in there. Now that, uh, you know, the defenders and what the shape will be, what do you think? Yeah, uh, so we saw a fair bit of Hernandez, uh, so I think he'll get the started right back, uh, especially with Lennon um, uh, having to come back from international duty early because of a minor injury. So I think uh, they probably won't press him into action right away. Um, of course, as you mentioned, um, Alan Franco is missing this game due to suspension. And I think uh, Campbell has been playing a fair bit amount. I think we'll see more minutes from Campbell overall this season. Um, and so I think he'll get to start next to Robinson. And of course, we just talked about Gutman. Um, and I think he will get the start at left back. Right. And so, uh, yeah, likewise, same thing for me. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think we're going to veer too hard from that, uh, that last match in preseason because how many people uh, pretty much are not match fit, really. And that's really difficult, I think, to, uh, to really change it around for guys that, uh, you know, haven't really built up that, uh, that match fitness. But into the uh, midfield, um, well, for me, I've got Sadich and Alonzo and then Hosetu uh, probably at that point of that attack a little bit more. but um, So a little bit more kind of a 4-3-3 of sorts, at least uh, you know in my thinking. But uh, who's in midfield for you? Uh, so I am also thinking a 4-3-3 shape. In the midfield, I have uh, sort of the uh, traditional reverse triangle shapes, and so I have Alonso at the uh, sort of flanked by Hosetu and, and Tal Wolf. Um, you know, as we've talked about the potential absences of um, Almada, Moreno, uh, Sosa, of course, Ibarra. So, you know, I think that with that, Wolf actually is a good chance that uh, he gets a, a shout. And uh, yeah, into the Fords. Uh, yeah, for me, Araruju on the right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it seems to be that uh, it will probably be kind of mirroring what it was against the Birmingham Legion. And so Wolf on that left side, and then Joseph Martinez up, up top, of course. Now, who do you have? Uh, so my three up to uh, Rouge on the right, Martinez in the middle, and uh, so they did say that Moreno was close. Um, I think they were playing it safe for the final preseason match, but I think there's a chance he will get the start on the left wing. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, he hasn't really been able to be match fit, really. He hasn't played a ton, so uh, that's where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if we, we should risk him, but uh, bold, bold from Mark here, and uh, so we will see what happens. Uh, definitely, I could see him coming on for you know maybe twenty five minutes, um, and you know I think Wolf, yeah, he's got everything to do a little bit here. Uh, unfortunately, it's like yeah, you know you get that start in the first match of the season, like ooh, young kid. I mean that's a that's some pressure, yeah. but 
Hopefully he can, I mean, uh, like in terms yeah. of the left wing in particular, it, it just seems like in terms of all the potential options, right? It's Almada, Moreno, Moreni, Machacho, like all of them yeah. may not be available. So right. really struggling. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, like it may be a case of like, okay, if Moreno gets to start, uh, he plays 45, 50 minutes and it's an early sub and he changed the shape or something. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, a challenge for Pineda early on for sure. Right. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, in your formation too, maybe it's Wolf on the left side and then Moreno at the point of the attack, maybe uh, centrally. Or, uh, you know, it could be, yeah, Mulraney maybe comes in the second half, uh, you know, for either Wolf or Moreno. Um, you know, obviously he did have that uh, pretty decent uh, preseason match as well. And so, yeah, you know, hopefully yeah. we shall see. Now, uh, let's get into the score prediction. And Mark, what do you got? Uh, I think our man Joseph opens his account in the home opener. Um, it just feels right. But uh, I think it's going to be 1-1. Uh, you know, I think with our absences and SKC2, first game of the season, no Polito. I think yeah. you'll see... Uh, uh, a team who set out uh, I think they'll be happy with the result um, you know and Peter Vermees always has them uh, you know always makes them a tough outfit and I'd expect something different from a team that finished third in the West last season so uh, yeah I think that um, SKC will make it tough and I don't think there'll be anything between the teams by the end of it yeah yeah, uh, you know, I think 1-1's a good shout. Uh, I'm going to be just a tiny bit more bullish here. And uh, that we can walk away with three points. It will be, in my opinion, probably maybe a 2-1 score. Uh, so three goals, not too bad for entertainment. So hopefully we can get that in the opening match of the season. Uh, now... Uh, the level of uh you know maybe how good those goals will be i i don't know i think i think it's gonna be some ugly goals uh but <laughs> whatever works whatever works we'll take i'll take some own goals i'll take some uh you know some blunders i'll take uh like three stabs at the uh the goal or like you know three bites of the cherry whatever whatever it takes I'll uh, I'll accept the uh, you know the dub. So hopefully that is the case. What do you guys think? Let us know in those comments below. And that pretty much does it for the episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is: Who do you think is going to have a big season for LA United in 2022? Let us know in those comments below. We really, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see who uh, the consensus is amongst uh, you guys in those comments. And uh, yeah, be respectful uh, with each other. Don't uh, just, you know, shit on each other's, uh, you know, players who you think might be. But uh, it'll be very, very interesting. So either way, that is the episode. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.